Sri Vishnu Sahastra Nama, name 809, is Maha Some of the names in Vishnu Sahastra Nama are relatively easy to understand. The name before this was Sarva-Vagishvareshvara, which is a long name, but it's not that difficult to understand. Oh, we had Sarva-Vidjayi, which seems like it's easy to understand until you unpack it. Then uh, the name Vishnu, for instance, which comes almost at the beginning. Well, it's in the first verse of Vishnu Sahasrana. It's not the first name. That's easy to... It, it's a common, common name. But Mahahrada. It doesn't seem like it's such an easy thing to understand. So anyway, let's discuss it. This name is the first of several in Vishnu Sahasranama, which begin with Maha. We have following this Mahagarta, Mahabhuta, Mahanidhi. The word Maha is a very well-known word. As in, for instance, Maharashtra. And there are so many. Uh, Maheshvara. Mahabudhihi. Mahamurkha. Yeah, it's also. Probably. Probably there are more Mahamurkas around than Mahabuddhis. Maha, I guess, Mahabuddhiman. Anyway, Maha is very well known. It uh, means great. It, is, uh, it greatly intensifies the words that follow. So it can be called an intensifier. Right? Is that the right word? Intensifier. which is a certain kind of adjective, I suppose, or could be an... Okay, hrad, what does hrad mean? Does anyone have any idea what hrad means? No, okay. Can mean a lake, yeah. Well, that, that will come up. Just like we have Kaliya Hrad. But the word Hrad is derived from Hrada. Hrada Avyakte Shabde. Which gives the idea that which makes a big sound or a big roar. Which indistinct, undefined, loud sounds 
is called Radha. So that which is huge and makes this sound is Mahārada. Now this would seem to automatically lead us into a discussion of Nrishimhadev. That is comes here. But the the commentators they you they mostly interpret this name, Harada, to mean a, a deep lake, an ocean, something which is very deep and make loud makes loud and undefined sounds. Parasha Bhatta continuing his discussion of this series of names in terms of Buddha Avatar says that Buddha Dev for the sinful people was like a great lake into which the rascals and demons sink never to come up again. He refers to Lord Krishna's statement in the Bhagavad Gita, Tāna hang dveśrata kruraṁ saṅsāreṣu narādhamān kṣakpyāmya jasraṁ asubhān āsurishveva yonishu. Those who are most sinful, envious, full of hatred, cruel, the lowest among mankind. Krishna says, I throw them without respite into the lower species, the very inauspicious lower species of life, into the wombs of demons. Very heavy statement, Krishna says. And Lord Buddha comes to effect this. He comes with the particular purpose of misleading the people who are anyway demoniac so that they go to hell. He, he makes the path to hell clear for them by preaching about morality, good conduct, balanced life. But no Krishna, no Vedas, no Atma, It's a very misleading philosophy. Uh, another commentator, V. V. Ramanujan, says that it's he describes as Hrada as an eddy. An eddy means just like the uh, the water. The 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 water to to 
two flows of water when they clash with each other. So if you get caught in that, you're in trouble. Of course, it's also able to interpret that the devotees, they find great relief in the great lake, the great cooling lake, who is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The burning fire of material existence. If there's a forest fire, if there's a forest fire, and in the forest there's a, there's a lake, then the, the bigger animals, like the elephants, they can go to the lake for relief. They can enter the lake and be saved. However, remembering the story of Gajendra in the Bhagavatam, you enter the lake for relief from the summer heat, and there may be a crocodile in the lake. I saw a, a video, there's all these wildlife videos, of, a, of an elephant being chased by lions. So the elephant went in the lake. And the next thing is, the crocodile has caught his trunk. So it's really a case of Mare Krishna Rake K. And there's another one a devotee showed me of a, of a buffalo calf. Wild buffalo calf presumably in Africa. He's just, uh, he's with a group of buffaloes, a buffalo family. And they're just going along on the side of a lake and they come across a pride of lions. In English, a group of lions is called a pride of lions. The lions, they don't, it doesn't seem like they're very hungry, but anyway, they jump up and uh, the buffaloes run away and the, the lions come behind them and the little baby buffalo, the buffalo calf, gets caught. So they catch him and they, they just start gnawing away on his leg and this and that. And somehow the... Uh, Oh, what happens next is that the, the buffaloes run away and they come back with, another, with many more buffaloes. Which means they must have spoken buffalo language and said, Hey, our, our baby, baby buff got caught by the lions. So a whole bunch of buffaloes come and they, they look a little afraid, but they want to get their baby back. So they're with their horns and then anyway the baby gets released and then falls in the lake. Oh no, the, the baby, I can't remember exactly, the baby's just on the edge of the lake and then a crocodile comes up and grabs the, the leg of the baby buffalo. And then the crocodile's trying to pull him in and then the other buffs are trying to pull him out. And eventually he escapes and he runs off with all the other buffaloes. So that was really okay. So on the one hand, you have the elephant who's caught. He, he escapes from the lions, but he's caught by the crocodile. And here you have a buffalo who's caught by the lions, escapes, is caught by a crocodile, and somehow 
gets away from that and limps limps off with the others. So it's really a case of Rake Krishna Marike Mare Krishna Rakeke, Rake Krishna Marike, which is a bit off the subject. Just stories of animals in lakes. Talking about animals, you're telling me how the jackals here are they're like more tame and they're not afraid. I have a theory about that, which is again nothing directly related with Vishnu Sahasranam. But it used to be that the jackals would eat the dead cows. You used to see that the cows would die in the field and and you just see the skeletons left over because the jackals come and clean them out. But nowadays the cows don't die, in, they die in the slaughterhouse. So I suppose the jackals have to come around humans more to get their food and so they're not afraid because the humans kind of tolerate them. That's my theory. Evolution in practice. Anyway, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is like a deep lake where the sinners drown and he's also a deep lake where the devotees get great comfort and refreshment. There was one devotee called Bhakta Richard who was, came from America. This is in the 1970s when Srila Prabhupada was present. He didn't take initiation from Srila Prabhupada. I don't think he took initiation from anyone. But he went to live at Radha Kund. And what I, was, I heard about him, he would take bath in Radha Kund about 50 times a day in the summer season. Because it's so extremely hot there. So it wasn't exactly for spiritual purposes, but he got some relief. from bathing in Radha Kund, get cooled down. The great lake called Mahahrada is so pure and clear and sacred. We are reminded of the description of Bindu Sarovara in the third canto of Bhagavatam. We hear that Karma Muni was meditating on the bank of Bindu Sarovara. And it's a nice description of how the water is very clear and pure uh, and then all the, all the nice uh, birds are there and nice foliage and very suitable atmosphere for transcendental meditation. So the Supreme Personality of Godhead is that, just like that. Uh, when I went to Bindu Sarovara in Bhuvaneshwara, I thought it might be like that, but it's not exactly the same nowadays. It's just that you hear the description of Vrindavan in the Bhagavatam, and then you go there and it's, well, when we first went there, it was, uh, everything was all broken down and run down, and pigs here and there, and smelling of sewage, uh, and open sewage, and there's a bit of a shock because you're expecting to see f fields and forests and cows. And nowadays it's 
like an extension of Delhi in many ways. It's very urbanized and commercialized and you might get a shock. It's not exactly the same. So the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the eternally pure, clear lake in which we can take relief from the heat. Being born in this lifetime in England, which is a country which rarely gets very hot. It has more recently, they say it's global warming and this and that. But when I was a child, if it was 70 Fahrenheit, which is about, what's that, about 23, 24 Celsius, that would be considered a hot day, which in India is just a cool day, actually. So when we heard all these descriptions, Nitai Pada Kamala, Koti Chandra Shushitala, the, the, the lotus feet of Lord Nityanandra, like many millions of moons cooling you down. And you know, I want to be cooled down. <laughs> it, it doesn't, the, the description doesn't appeal to us so much. Now I understand. It's easier to understand. Just we had cooling rain here. Otherwise it was very uncomfortably hot and humid this afternoon. Regarding the cooling lake, here is a description from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita in the concluding words of Maddalila. Krishna Bhakti Siddhanta Gon Jate Profula Poddabon Tar Madhu Kari Ashadan Ashadan Prima Rasha Kamudda Bone Profulito Ratridine Tate Charao Mono bringa gone. This is written in the imperative. It's telling you, you must do this. You should do this. Although Srila Prabhupada has cast it in the terms of I request. What's that? What's that called? Sorry, I'm always putting you on the spot. I just presume you know everything. <laughs> if, if someone's got the reputation of a Sanskrit scholar, it must be a really tough thing because people think you know everything. But obviously, it's by learning Sanskrit, you don't know everything, but you're expected to. So, Here's Srila Prabhupada's translation. It's very beautiful in the original Bengali and it's very beautiful in the translation also. It's very poetic. It's allegorical and poetic. Devotional service to Krishna is exactly like a pleasing jubilant forest of lotus flowers wherein there is ample honey. I request everyone to taste this honey. 
the original Bengali, Tar Madhu Kari Ashadan. So it's more like telling you, you should do it. But Srila Prabhupada has cast it in a somewhat different mood. If all the mental speculators bring the bees of their minds into this forest of lotus flowers and jubilantly enjoy ecstatic love of Krishna day and night, their mental speculation will be completely transcendentally satisfied. So where's the lake? Let's go on. Nana bhabe bhakta jan hangsha chakra bhaka gan jate shabe karen biha krishna keli shumernal jaha pai sarvakal bhakta hangsha kare aha. Still no mention of any lake, but there's mentions of hangsha chakra bhaka, which are water birds. The devotees, Srila Prabhupada's translation, the devotees who have a relationship with Krishna are like the swans and chakrabhaka birds who play in that forest of lotus flowers. The buds of those lotus flowers are the pastimes of Krishna and they are edibles for the swan-like devotees. Lord Sri Krishna is always engaged in his transcendental pastimes. Therefore, the devotees following in the footsteps of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu can always eat those lotus buds, for they are the pastimes of the Lord. It's probably, you have to read it to catch it, because there's a lot being said there. Then, she. Sharobare Gya, there, there we got the Mahārada, Sharovara, which means a, a large lake. So it's been implied with the swans and the chakravakas, it's been implied, and now it's specifically stated. She Sharobare Gya Hangsha Chakrabhaka Hoya Shadatahan Korohabilash Kondibe shakal dukha, paiba paramashuka, anayase habe premolash. All the devotees of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu should go to that lake. Which lake are we talking about? It's the, the lake of, actually it's Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, Krishna Bhakti Siddhanta Gon. It's the lake of, allegorically, the, the, the personalities who personify all the truths of Krishna consciousness. So all the devotees of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu should go to that lake and remaining always, always under the shelter of the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu become swans and chakravaka birds in those celestial waters. They should go on rendering service to Lord Sri Krishna and enjoy life perpetually. In this way, all miseries will be diminished. The devotees will attain great happiness and there will be jubilant, jubilant love of God. Sounds very attractive and inspiring, is it not? 
Go to that lake. It's it's. You have to become a hangsha and chakrabaka. Sheshara Hangsha chakrabaka hoya. You have to become a bird suitable for enjoying that atmosphere. Anayashe hobe premolash. Very easily we will. Attain the happiness of Prem, love of Krishna. Sri Baladev Vidya Bhushan says that Maharada means he is the great Mahat remover. Here he, he interprets Radha as remover. The great remover of distress for all those who seek liberation and are afflicted by the pains of material existence. So this is a completely different angle on the name Maharada. The remover of distress for all those who seek liberation and are afflicted by the, or, are afflicted by the pains of material existence and who seek liberation. And then in this regard, it's quoted from the 108 names of Lord Krishna in Brahmanda Purana, one of the names is Sangsara Vairi, which means the enemy of material existence. Then, uh, it seems that among the traditional commentators, none of them have invoked in this name remembrance of Nrsimhadev, but the compiler of this compiler of the very, from the various commentaries which I use as a base for my talks and add things. Uh, what's his name? Ranganatha Narasimham, is it? Don't quite remember. So he invokes this because harad, the word is derived from harad, who is huge and makes loud but Undefined sounds, so that then so the, this contemporary commentator, he he invokes the remembrance of Nrsimhadev, who is huge, and makes loud, undefined sounds, uh, terrorizing Hiranyakashipu. God is a terrorist. He rises up against the head of the government and assassinates him. Right? Hiranyakashipu, head of the government, and jumps out of a pillar. It's a great plot. Jumps out of a pillar une completely unexpectedly and assassinates Hiranyakashipu and all his associates in the government. So there you go. The Hare Krishna movement is a terrorist movement. We worship a terrorist. Krishna also. Uh, Kangsa was the head of the government and Krishna just went there and beat him up and killed him. There you go. 
Vamandev, Bali Maharaj was the head of the government of the universe and uh, or the heavenly planets, and Vamandev, by trickery, pushed him down to the lower worlds and and just removed him from office. So our movement is a subversive movement. There you go. Revealed. It's recorded. Then, he who is associated with deep waters, as we have Kaliya, Kaliya Mardan Lila, and we, that place where that took place is called Kaliya Harad, the lake where Kaliya lived and where Krishna chastised Kaliya is called Kaliya Harad. So Mahahrad is Krishna in as much as he is associated with deep waters such as the Kaliya Harad, which gives remembrance of the whole Kaliya Leela. And also he's specifically given the lord of the milk ocean, Kshiro Dakrashai Vishnu. So the milk ocean, Kshira Udaka. So it's milk water, watery milk, milky water, ocean. So uh, specifically given the example of Kshira Dakrashai Vishnu, and we also have, have Garbo Dakrashai Vishnu, and Karana Dakrashai Vishnu. So they're all associated with very deep waters. So in that way, he can also be, that's another way in which the name Mahahrad can be understood. Sri Satya Devo Varshishta is one commentator who links, the, he, he interprets the names often in unique ways and often in relation to the Supreme Lord's activities within the material and manifestation. Of course, it's also said that he doesn't have any activities in the material manifestation. But uh, it can be said that he does indirectly. He's involved. So Satyadeva Varshishta says, Mahahrad brings to mind the fact that he has created the great ocean so that the earth does not become dried up and perish. That in itself, the fact that the oceans are there and the water is evaporated by the sun, which forms clouds, uh, in, in the evaporation process, the water is purified and it, it, the salt it doesn't come up, only the water comes up. And then it, it, it's scattered again on the earth. Uh, and in this way, the salt preserves the water because just like if you go 
back here to the Simantani Kund, you'll see that the water is covered with algae because if the water is not moving, then it tends to like it becomes, it's become stagnant and covered with algae. That's why the pukos in Bengal, if they're not regularly used, they tend to become like this one here. It becomes stagnant and covered with algae. So in the same way, the 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 great oceans, they are regulated by the by nature. That there's movement within them. The uh, the moon has a great influence on the movements of the oceans. And within the oceans, exactly how it works, I don't know. But there are currents, there are uh, deep sea currents. There may be subterranean volcanoes. These are also known in Vedic culture. That there's a term for that, right? Varava means a subterranean volcano. How did the Vedic sages know about that? Must be knowledge from a higher source. And also we, we sing every morning, right? Those of us who make it to Mongolarji, Sangsara Dava Nala Lirha Loka Tranaya Karanya Ghana Ghanatvam Pratasya Kalyana Gunarnavasya Vandegaro Sri Charnaravindam. It's in invoking the analogy of the sun evaporating the ocean water and then sprinkling it on the earth. Well, how did, how is that? That's just common knowledge in Vedic culture. How was that known without modern scientific advancement and investigation? But just in and of itself, the fact that that the kind of life that we have on this planet is dependent on water. And there's such an arrangement for water that the water is preserved within the ocean by the currents and the salt, which is a preservative. And then, but we need fresh water on the land. And it's all, it's all there and it's all arranged. And even the scientists who want to promote the theory that there's no God, they, they say, by nature's design. Which kind of gives it away, doesn't it? That actually, the design means there's a designer. And just that fact alone, if it wasn't for so many other facts about the nature of life on this planet, point to fine tuning which would it's Im impossible to imagine well it's not impossible to imagine because that's the standard supposedly scientific take on reality they do imagine that it all happened somehow or other not by chance, it's according to the anthropic principle. There's a name for it, it's called the anthropic principle. It means, 
basically that, well, everything's the way it is and that proves that it's the way it is. If you unpack what they call the anthropic principle, it's that, well, we're here now and we're here now and that proves that we're here now. And it's science and it's called the anthropic principle. But it doesn't really say anything except that we're here now and uh, yeah, we're here now, that's it. And everything's the way it is and that proves that it's the way it is. It's called highly advanced scientific word jugglery. But it's actually more sensible to understand that everything is going along by the arrangement of the Supreme Lord. And Satyadeva Vashishta in his commentary on Sri Vishnu Sahasranam, in many of the names he explains them in terms of how the Supreme Lord is regulating, directing the material manifestation so that it goes on the way that it goes on. And that's all I have to say on Mahārad just now. So, Hare Krishna. All glories to Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who among many other names, is known as Mahārada, which means a great lake, which is understood in various ways, the great lake in which the sinners drown, in which the devotees get relief. It also brings us remembrance of, in a different interpretation, gives us remembrance of Nrishimhadev. Uh, it also means the great remover of distress for those who seek liberation. He who is associated with deep waters as Krishna in chastising Kaliya and the Purusha avatars lying on the oceans and the, the regulator director and provider of great oceans to keep the equilibrium of water supply to keep this earth going along. Hare Krishna! Vancha kalpatarubhyascha kripa sindhubhya evacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha Dante Nidhaya Chirnakang Padaya Nipata Kritvaja Kaku Shatamaitad Aham Bravimi He Sadava Sakala Eva Vihaya Durat Gauranga Chandra Charne Kurutanu Radaha Parivadatu Jano Yatatatava Nanu Mukaro Navayang Vicharayamaha Hari rasa madhiramadati mata bhuvi vilokama nartama nirvishama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Rama, 
Rama Rama Hare Hare